Alright, so welcome to part two of this last Skyward Sword podcast. This time we'll be talking about the Elden Volcano. Daniel will take it away from here. Um, so the player starts off um, in the bottom left-hand corner, and you know, this whole lower area of the map is sort of like a twisty, turny, mostly linear-ish section, um, which the player yeah. passes through. So, so it's kind of similar to what we saw in Farron Woods, mm-hmm. um, but it—I think it's probably more. At least it feels more linear just because the level design is more like a series of tracks. In any case, um, you know, there's a few um, Bobokin uh, challenges along the way. I know, I suppose, two things that stand out to me is near number five, there's a bridge. And at the end of the bridge, there's a... Um, there's an archer who's standing an archer or a or a bobokin who's standing around there and as you try and cross that bridge um the uh the bridge itself will start to fall into the lava so you have to move quickly across it and it's really funny how there's the enemy at the end that kind of catches the player off guard there's also a few other little um sort of similar um enemy based challenges along the way um And then you kind of get to this middle-ish area of the bottom section um, at number six. And if I remember correctly, um, you can actually travel down number six through an underground area, which then allows the player to progress forwards. Um, Otherwise, they, um, from doing that, actually, they end up at another point on the map, don't they? Yeah, when you go into the underground tunnel uh, where number seven is, that's where the magma asks you to take out the Bokoblin camp that's uh, there. Once you get rid of him, he gives you the digging mitts, which allows you to dig up a geyser to uh, travel up to that higher area there. You go through a maze where with pirates shooting out fire where number eight is, and the T1 will show you where it comes out in the main map. Are the the pyrups, are those the seals that spit fire? Yeah, the, the monkey seals, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and then there's a, I guess in the second half, you know, once you get up to the upper area, you know, there's a series of challenges set along slopes which uh, tests the player's ability to uh, be able to uh, ascend on the slopes within the, I guess, the effective time limit that they have based on Link's energy meter. Um, and so you follow those up and you get around the area where it says key near the top and there's a few more um, camps up there as well. And yes, uh, I, can't, I can't actually remember how the different channels uh relate because if i remember correctly on the initial run the leftmost channel kind of doesn't wait oh wait actually no, no no i think i've got it now so they start in the bottom left and they follow the map around and they move from let's say well 
uh, I don't know how to describe this. I mean, basically get across that bridge to the area where it's a silent realm. They then yeah. move up and left, and then they can then shortcut back around to the start. You know, mm-hmm. where it's a shortcut. If they then follow up on the smallest of the three um, slopes, which are colored gray on the map, if they follow that up and they get to the first um, set of camps, and then you know, there's a you know, there's a uh, there's the mini game there, as you said, and then you move on ahead and um and then you go up on the main <coughs> sorry you move up the the wider um slope up into basically where the dungeon is and then this whole area on the right you don't approach until later on when you need to move down the mountain yeah is that right you, yeah that's when you're in search of the keys yeah yep and then there's like a you know, there's a bomb challenge on the left you know, before the dungeon and yeah so it's kind of um, it has a similar um, introduction to to uh, Farron Woods in that you have a linear section followed by an area that is a bit more open but is still relatively linear. There's still you know, some gating and some shortcuts along the way as well. And interestingly, there's a whole chunk of the map which you don't have access to at that point in time. The verticality is also quite different in the sense of in Farron Woods, you are sort of... Um, the height variation is much more, uh, I guess, varied in sort of bits and pieces and so you're often sort of surrounded by you know highs and lows in the environment i mean and there's a lot of trees obviously whereas at the volcano it's more everything uh from the bottom to the top of the map everything is kind of going upwards although within the individual pockets especially in the lower half of the map um there's still that kind of um forest-like um, sort of pockets of height as well. But uh, I find that when you're... So if you look at the map, the areas which are kind of not coloured in, um, so that it's not orange, it's not yellow, it's, it's <coughs> you know, it's sort of these gaps in between... The different areas like you can't actually really see beyond those gaps and so each and so you don't really uh, i mean it's probably more of a technological constraint but you don't really get to like you do in a lot of modern games um as you're ascending you don't really get to look back and see and very clearly see the area that you've crossed rather it's there's one seemingly interconnected area but it's all split up and sort of uh, chunked and so you don't really get the sens- uh, you get as much of a sensation of you uh, ascending the mountain and then being able to you know turn back and you know, see the vista and to be able to uh, in detail you know see the areas that you've uh, uh, that you've passed through previously uh, that couldn't have yeah, I actually think you 
well, it's going to say I disagree that you actually can. For example, where you see the second slide that leads up to the dungeon, uh, you can definitely turn around and see uh, where you have come from. Um, that one is probably the most. And same with where you're at the dungeon level. You see how there's sort of this little cross that goes off? You can, like that right there is probably one of the best vantage points in the game to see everything that's below you. So, yeah, basically... Uh, you you can see down the mountain and see how you have scaled up the mountain. There are certain sections where you can't. For example, mm. around where the um, the Bokoblin camp is, because you know there's you know mountain in your way. Uh, that one you you kind of can't. Um, but otherwise, in the areas where you see the lava flowing downward, those you absolutely definitely can, because there's nothing in the way. It's just a lava river going down. Hmm. So there's just those few areas where you you can't actually see down it. The um, the visibility thing definitely um occurred to me when I was looking for the the key bits to get into the Earth Temple, where um you can see there's two keys, two key fragments on the giant slope downward, and I would douse and find that the keys were somewhere south of where I was, um. But, uh, and I would have realized where to go if I had actually stood out on that vantage point on the cross you pointed out. <laughs> but um, just using it yeah. from the the ground, uh, I thought, oh, okay, I got to go back to the beginning of the level to find the key, because that's you know, uh, in terms of dowsing, it looked like that's where it was, and um, so. Uh, not being able to see across certain gaps did uh, add to the challenge there. Now, now I'm uh, getting a sense of I, I really wish I could uh, go back and look through where these uh, vantage points are and where these uh, sour spots are for seeing the rest of the uh, mountain now that it's being brought up. I just know that there are definitely some sections where you can look down the volcano and see what's what's below. Yeah, I think it's more a case of it's like you in those in those particular spots. Like, uh, let's get some numbers here. Just south of nine and near the KX three, like sort of that area in there. Yeah, um, those are those are tunnels. Areas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so you've effectively. I mean, I mean, there's tunnels, but there's like as you're climbing the slope, like there's still just to the south, you know, that area is quite walled. And I think, so in Ocarina of Time, I think, you know, there's parts where you're going up on the mountain, but it's like directly straight and there's no tunnels or anything like that. So it's so at every point you can, well, uh, I think there's a turn earlier on, but after that, like pretty much at every point, like you can turn around and see the area behind you where I think there's often situations in all oh, the sections of the, of the map here where you turn around and there's like, I mean, there's tunnels and there's, yeah, and there's walls and other things. Although, you, yeah, I mean, as you say, like you can, <coughs> um, you can still see the environment behind you, but it's sort of, it's not a constant thing. Yeah. Both of the paths that lead up to number nine uh, are tunnels, which, you know, means there's, 
a bit of mountain above them so definitely around where number nine is you can't really see that much of a or I had to double check but those are the one that would probably be the spot where you couldn't see as much at least not until you get a little bit higher up uh, to be able to look down I don't know if um, this is really a comment about level design but uh, while we're on the topic of looking at far off things I just think it's worth mentioning and uh, noting that um, when you look at distant objects they get into that more impressionistic mm -hmm. um, sort of vague, uh, blurry look, and it it's a neat effect. Yeah. The time where you get that most in the Farron Woods, I find, is when you're on top of the tree. Not quite as much uh, when you're just regularly running around in it. Well, I mean, you do, but it has to be in one of the more sections where you have a longer uh, point before hitting the horizon. So that was the, well, there's, a, I guess, some points that I want to make on the first trek through the Elden Volcano. It's very focused on testing you with bombs, and I regret not noting all the places where bomb flowers are, uh, because you don't even get your bomb bag until you do the dungeon, so I, I regret not doing that. Uh, but for example, where you see the number two way on the bottom there, that's the first time you encounter bomb flowers and you have to blow up the path in order to even continue going. Um, there's a, where the number three is, that's just showing you a crawl space that you can go into again, again with the crawl spaces. But yeah, they're hiding a, a treasure chest in there where you see that little, that little slit that goes uh, southwest. Uh, definitely... A cool spot is where that snake bridge is because what you do there. I also, just want to mention uh, as you're going along in this early section of the mountain, you have pirates that are in the way, and the way you f uh, flush them out is by rolling a bomb into their hidey holes or throwing them into the tops of the little skeletons that they're hiding in. So, again. It's, it keeps challenging you on, hey, look, use the bombs, look at all the ways you can use bombs. Uh, the one I wanted to bring up with the Snake Bridge is that's the one where they uh, test you, specifically test you to roll the bomb along the bridge so it can blow up uh, a little uh, crack to drain the lava so you can actually get inside the tunnel in number six. And I'm like, oh, that's so cool. <laughs> uh, that, that was the... the the thing that made it's like, yep, bomb bowling is the coolest thing, and I miss it already for not having it in Breath of the Wild. Wait a minute. What are you... Oh, well, the bombs roll, but I guess you can't do the um, underhand toss. Nope. So yeah, that covers the that's first section, and we already covered the, the underground portion. I, um... I would like to add, I think there's a lot of the challenges before you get the bomb bag, just because um, when you're plucking it from a bomb flower, uh, that defines the range in which you can use the bomb, just because you can only go so far under the time limit. And so I thought that was a neat way to squeeze more variation out of bombs that you hadn't seen in, in prior Zelda games, that 
Um, they really put pressure on that time limit before the bomb blows up. Whereas if you can, if you have a bomb bag and you can just pull it out wherever you want, you can just walk five feet farther forward and pull it out then. Yeah. And I guess uh, note, as we were noting earlier with the Farron Woods, we see an escalation of these steep slope challenges. The first one where number nine is as... I can't believe I didn't write... Yeah, there's Bokoblins on there. I forgot to write them in. Sorry about that. Uh, where you have Bokoblins on top. And, you know, they're throwing... The one at the very top is actually throwing boulders at you. Then, you know, you get to your Bokoblin camp. Beat up three of them. You blow up the little br tower. You can't see it there, but you see that little brown square there? That's a tower mm. that you blow up so you can go across the lava. And then escalate this deep slope challenge so now there's more platforms it's much longer and there's three of them throwing boulders at you and then you know in i guess you can say a subversion is now where you're running up the mountain in order to find the keys you got to go down the mountain and then you get your sliding challenge which was introduced earlier in the cave in the tunnels you go down into earlier in the map that you see there where you see the little three slides that you go in in order to get treasure chests it's optional uh, but it is an introduction, uh, nonetheless, about players, you know, sliding down things. Uh, with the key challenge in the Elden Volcano, um, some of the keys here, they use dig spots. Uh, there's one where you have to throw a boulder and the, have the explosion as it's rolling down time to uh, blow up the rock that's in the way so you can actually get it. That's the one in the... Yeah, yeah, the one on the slope there. And then the you have one off to the side where the by the pinwheel where that one is. I don't remember if there's a, if there was anything special about getting to that one. If it, I think it, it really was just as straightforward as go down there, blow up the tower, and then dig up the soft soil spot that it's on, it was on top of. And then the remaining two are. Oh no no there is a cool one, so, the one. On the slide, there's quite a bit of a trek that you have to get to to even get to the one in the slide. So there's a Bokoblin camp off to the right of the Earth Temple. You know, you beat them all up, blow up the watchtower, go across. There's a section, uh, I numbered it 11, where the bridge isn't out. So you have to sort of climb along the side uh, and then get over in order to even uh, pull it down. Uh, I, I just wanted to make note of it because I thought it's cool when they have you see look around the level and, and see that oh I have to you know move around in, in 3d space in order to get somewhere so that you so opportunities where they make you look around more like that I think are cool and worth noting but anyways after that then we get to the slide one thing to note about the slide that you can't actually see here is that you have to, the key is on the right, but you actually have to land on the one on the left and then hop across and parachute off these geysers to then get to the one on the right. That's the, the, the thing that's not as evident even if you were dousing. That's a little frustrating where, uh, like, if you find yourself at the bottom without the key, then you got to walk all the way back up. Yeah, well, there's actually... Um, a little geyser and I guess I'll note this now this is the one instance where Skyward Sword kind of cheats because uh, as you see where I wrote the T2 it very clearly does not match up with the T2 on the top where the <laughs> the slope is but 
it's like whatever I'll, I'll give it to them just because it makes it the travel back up much much faster um, going from there so there's that key the last key and this is the this is the cool one because oh you you learned about how oh there's these little plugs that are holding up the lava and there's a key there you want to blow it up but the lava's in the way how do you get it <laughs> you blow it up from the outside then bomb bolt do a sort of curve bomb bolt across the lava in order to blow up the boulder uh, that was definitely a, a highlight moment when going through this level I'm trying to get that last key anyways yeah that I think that that covers going through the first time yeah um, I was just gonna say it's neat how they <clears throat> how they combine like going up and down on the mountain and so in how the challenge organically changes depending on the direction in which the player approaches it although actually you can't really go back up the mountain on the right hand side can you <laughs> so but um well, it's still, I mean, you it, can oh oh i i know what you mean yeah you can't but, run back up it no. yeah but but it's still neat how there's like how the uh, paths through the mountain um emphasize the the geographical nature mm -hmm. of the of the environment so something curious about the elden volcano is that when you revisit it it doesn't actually change all that much in fact if we were to uh rank the levels based on how much they change on your the enemy layouts I mean change on your second visit Elden Volcano has the least uh, bordering on absolutely nothing except for maybe blue bokeh blends where there used to be red bokeh blends um, except once you do the little escort mission with a uh, zipper skipper I forgot his name already he's a little bastard um, then you see the most significant change of uh, enemy placement and that I noted on the one, the top right. Uh, just making note of this because the thing about the Archer Volcoblins and their uh, placement is that the second visit of the Elden Volcano happens after your second visit to the Laneru Desert where you get the bow on the sand ship. So, and the thing is because you get the bow so late in the game, the Archer Volcoblins are not actually placed in the levels except for this specific moment in the game otherwise archer bokoblins are not naturally placed are not placed in the main hub areas in any of them even when you return to them which is a uh, something curious that i had to take note of as i was doing this i tried my best to note all the places where they put the bokoblins as you trek to the top of the mountain the interesting thing is though is that you can kind of go however you want so you can take the long way, which is the way you normally take when you first start, or you can just take the path of the shortcut you opened up on the left and go directly up to the top of the mountain and then to the volcano summit. That never occurred to me. <laughs> I guess without even realizing that I was making an assumption, I just figured, oh, okay, I have to go back up the same way I did the first time. Nope, you could have totally just gone left 
and gone right to the sand slope and made your way up to the mountain, and it would have been much faster. <laughs> but they bothered to redesign the level either way. Yeah. So to note the... Uh, it, it was a bit harder to note if there was any... Uh, actually, no, there is one. The way the archer bokoblins are placed, because the level and the way the steep slopes are positioned... Can see the escalation there from being, there being fewer archer bokoblins to there being more of them when you go on the second slope. Uh, down to if you if you so happen to cross the bridges, if you went on the right path, you have a wooden shield moblin on the bridge where Impa, the one that Impa lets down, to a metal shield moblin where the uh, Earth Temple is on the little watchtower that makes a bridge on the right there. There's also a wooden shield moblin, even if you miss the one from the bridge that Impa lets down, there's a wooden shield moblin as you are making your way up to the second steep slope. Uh, hopefully you can see it there. I wrote it on it, but it might be a little hard to see. But yeah, you can see how the challenge, challenge escalates as you're going up the mountain uh, for a second time for the escort part, where you see more archer bokoblins and you see a tougher variation of the the moblins based on their shields and then you get into the volcano summit and then the it it caps off with you fighting two lazalfos at once in addition to you know your standard keys and lava chuchus and spumes now to the silent realm I mean, I'd just say that it's interesting how it focuses on on the slopes um, and on that beginning area. Um, yeah, I just think that an interesting dynamic to the to the chase. Now, you mentioned before that the Farron Woods were pretty open, and this is like a just such a stark contrast because once you get on that slope, you're stuck on that slope. You can't really you know, go halfway down the slope and then decide, okay, I'm going to go over to the, I'm going to go over the west, or to the east portion. No, sorry, I can't remember my directions. <laughs> yeah, but basically, you can't leave the slope once you're on it. Yeah. Uh, oh, wait, okay, no, no. I thought you were talking about the, the slope on the right, because you are right. Once you go up that slope um, and that area there where the Boca, one of the Bokoblin camps is, it's like, you can't actually... Uh, progress past that point that's actually a dead end so you have to go back down the slope and then to the the rest of the volcano right so if you're trying to get the the slope the slope tiers um, you're pretty much committed to doing the slide down that slope and it can be quite a time drain which is important to bear in mind as your uh, flower petals are ticking away I can't see where the tiers of light are. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Yeah, there's about two tiers of light on the slope, so you only really need to go down it twice. And one of them is in the spot where the key was, so you need one to go on the left and one to go down on the right. And that you right one is... You only need to go down twice if you do it right. Yeah, if you do it right. Because I was going to say that one on the right there is actually pretty, pretty tough because of the way it's sandwiched in between those two 
waking waters and just because of the slide physics where you might accidentally overshoot it if you're not used to them. The Elven Volcano is the only Silent Realm where there are new level elements that were not there the first time. So, for one, you can see with the green arrow where your start starting place is. There is a snake bridge that was not there before, and that's why I put star one. So that helps you get to the southern portion. You can easily divide this level up into the northern portion and then the southern portion based on that snake bridge. So in this northern portion, you have eight of the tiers, and then the southern portion has the remaining four tiers. Other changes are where this star 2 is. You have these platforms that you run across in order to get a tier. Uh, star 3, there's a rope there that you have to use to swing in order to reach the, the tier that's near it. And then I wrote star 4, you know, that crawl space where you go inside the tree. They added some extra platforms there uh, for one that you have to, another tier that you have to get. I think it also, yeah, actually it also has a, a tightrope that you have to go across in order to get it too. Now, I feel like I might have not properly, I feel like it, but no, I think there really is not that many watchers. As you can see, most of them are on the steep slide mm. to the west. Otherwise, it may look like it's kind of barren in that southern half of the slide run, but it's like, actually, no, there's just that one watcher on the, that, uh, snake bridge that goes to the east and that's about it the rest of it you just uh, run along it's interesting because it's like you know one chat like the i i guess we're on the main challenge is simply moving through the environment in a timely manner mm -hmm. so it's probably balanced around time actually because if you think about it um the slopes are fairly straightforward um where the southern area is much more um, uh, has multiple laneways, and you really need to know uh, have a better understanding of the environment in order to uh, in order to uh, not waste a lot of time. Where the star four is, that that can easily be one of the the last ones you're looking for because of how hidden it is and how few tiers there are even next to it. Uh, as well as how far, how much you have to go back through in order to make it to the starting point again. Yeah, it's really cool how they also have um, some of the collectibles on uh, along the vines. So it's like, um, so it looks like it's in the lava, but you actually have to climb down on the vine. Um, so if you just see it on the waypoint, like it looks like, yeah. It looks like you shouldn't be able to get it, but but you can if you just head down through mm -hmm. the vines. Yeah, they have they they put them in a lot of uh, cheeky places, but you can still see them. And there's also like uh, you know with the with the pools of water as well. Um, I guess with the pools of water and also going back down on the mountain uh, with the you know with some of the um, light sources moving back and forth. Like there's a uh, the Silent Realm has a something of a um, sliding challenge as well, yeah. in that when you go down, like you slide, and then you got to like navigate 
more, which is um, which is a bit more strict. Well, on the uh, on the eastern side, it's a bit more strict than what it is um, in the regular environment, just because you've got those puddles of water. So it's cool how they're how they find new ways to use the space by adding additional elements which test your movement through the environment, not just your understanding of the environment. That that mean that snake bridge there. Uh... The, the new one they added really does make that difference. You can notice from the portions that they cut out, and this was also true of the Farron Woods, it's from some of the uh, spaces in the level that are more linear, but also feature the fewest points of connection. on to the, the third time you visit. I drew a bunch of black lines because it, were, it was hard to see where the fences were in the original map so you can see how which sections of the level are gated off when you return to the Elden Volcano for the third time and you had to do that stealth section. Now this, wait, so this is, this part is when the volcano erupts and it's like surrounded by ash and, and everything. Yeah. Yep. So you can see I wrote where you start off way on the bottom there, uh, where I wrote prison, and there's a bombable wall, but you don't have bombs, so you're forced to go to to the path on the right, to the north, where the safe statue is. And then that's when one of the, the magmas, you know, after he gives you your magma mitts, will tell you uh, where your items are, and you can see them on the map here. Uh, you can see them how they're scattered throughout the map. I tried my best writing, you know, T1 to show you, like, I, I wrote T for, like, transport, but it shows you where the digging holes are and how they connect. With um, with all the walls that they added on this iteration, mm -hmm. uh, it, I, it was another instance where I really didn't feel like they were using the same level design at all. Mm -hmm. They definitely changed it up because um, it is indeed more um, linear this time around. That is, you are always going to acquire your, your items in pretty much the same order. So you can see how they, they cut off the where you go into that, that big tree that takes you to the tunnels underground. Above that, they cut off the area to where you could easily get to the sliding slopes. In fact, you don't go up any of the steep slopes. Um, instead, what happens is, you know, you have your introductory stealth section with a single red bokoblin walled off. You hop down to the area below and then you travel across the snake bridge to where you see the first watchtower. And I tried to outline where its searchlight was mm -hmm. to show you how you go from go from one digging hole to the other digging hole. Now, what's not clear here is that the you go across that snake bridge and you see, oh, wait, I can't get across this. How do I? Because I wrote HC to show that there's actually hot coals in the way. So what you're actually supposed to do is go where the T1 is, dig to the other side of that fence. Then you make your way around this path and then go to the T2. From there, you can get the gust bellows and... I know there's some uh, challenges underground, but it's mostly about just 
you know, hitting bombs to blow up rocks in the, the correct manner. And also taking out a Voltorm. Although I believe it's totally optional if you want to take them out or not. So the Gus Bellows is the first item you will reacquire. Which, by the way, I probably... Well, I'll, I'll bring up the Gus Bellows later. Because after I've done all my note-taking on this, I realize the the use of the Gus Bellows is very limited. After you get your Gus Bellows, you then try to go south. And then you get your sort of second major stealth challenge where you have two Boko Blints. Uh, patrolling the area but you also have these long these fences in the way from which it's it's much easier to go around them from there you see the the tower again but it's in the way from you for getting to the t3 and that's where you need to go in order to get your claw shots so you go into the one before it and this is a neat thing where they have you looking around for these digging spots because the main thing with this is using the dig spots and also reusing your items that may not have seen as much use before in order to make your way uh, through the mountain again. So you go into the T3 to get to the other side of T3 and then you get your claw shots. And I drew green circles to show you uh, where the P hats are that you use to claw across. So you guys can see how the claw shots and you use that to go to the other side to where the bottom of the slide slope is, right? Yeah. So from this section, you can see how I wrote bombable to show that you're you're blocked off. So the only way you can really go is where I wrote star two, and that's supposed to represent one of the changes in the level. The star one is basically saying you can't get into those underground tunnels anymore, which means you can't get access to that vent. So that was deliberate uh, to keep the level more constrained. With the star two, there are platforms on this lava river. So if you look at the start where the star 2 is, look at where the lower one is, that gives you an idea of where these platforms are going across. So you, so this is another another change to the level that uh, kind of makes you look at it in a different way. So you take the platform down the river, and from there, you have to do what, and this is a kind of cool one because you see how the, the tower is where the, is literally on top of the chest, or not on top, but it's the light is on top of the chest where the whip is. So you have to go on the side, hookshot, and I, I drew the little green patch there. Hookshot there, then climb up and grab a bonflower to blow up the tower and then get your whip back. That was another cool moment. Again, using your observation to find new ways to travel across this 3D space when the path isn't as straightforward as you would have hoped it to be. Yeah, I just love how they've used sort of like what would normally be considered as as a negative space. So they've used this area, which is normally considered as being hazardous or negative space, you know, that's not really used, which is the lava. And they've turned it into this sort of, like they've created a little pathway through the lava that also takes advantage of the different um, types of elevation in the environment. And as you said, you get to see the in this area from a different perspective, which is really clever. And I think it's probably my, you know, that, you know, I mean, just that small example is probably one of my more favorite changes that they made in going from the regular environments to these, you know, to the environmental upheaval that we see in these instances. Yeah. 
continuing on. Uh, once you get the whip, you use it to do something I don't think you do at any other point in the game, and that's to whip out a P-hat so that you can hook shot over uh, the gate from the bridge that Impa lets you across. Once you get into the other side, then you have access to a bomb flower so you can blow up the, the things that were, you, that were blocking you earlier so you can get make your way back up the mountain. Mm, yeah, and you get to the camp at the top. Yeah, and with the camp at the top, from there you have to get the slingshot because the red Bokoblin is standing in front of the only open space and never moves. So, and this is another neat thing with what you brought up earlier, where they use the lava rivers and have platforms going down them again. So when you see that, you can use that travel down to this area that you actually cannot ac normally access and have not been able to access until this point. And I don't think you ever get to access it again afterwards because I don't remember if the uh, lava rivers keep the platforms after you complete this and re-travel back to this area after you've beaten it the third time. But yeah, you travel down this uh, middle lava river near the top of the mountain to where the slingshot is and do a neat thing where you have to grab a... I did not note that there was a... I believe there's a bomb flower here. But yeah, you have to use a bomb flower to hop across onto it while it's moving and then throw it across in order to get the searchlight off of the chest where you get your slingshot. From there you're able to go into the final stealth section where you use your slingshot to stun the Bokoblins in the way. And the cool thing about this little middle section here uh, in front of the Earth Temple is how there's regular enemies in combination with your sort of stealth watch guard enemies. So what can happen is that as you're, you know, you stun your enemy, you go through, a Chu can come up and have you temporarily stalled out while the other one could potentially come for you. And I, I thought that was a really cool use of the choo-choo there. Once you get past the, the Bokoman there, this is when you get to your sort of final tower. And the funny thing with this is you see, oh wait, the digging, it's on top of the digging spot this time. How do I get around it? Because you see how the T4 goes from there to the other side of the fence where the, the bomb is. You just use your slingshot and shoot the bastard and the light goes away. Then you get into the hole and dig to the other side and then blow him up. So yeah, new cool ways of using your items and sort of turning on its head what you thought you were supposed to do. It's like, oh wait, I have this new item. I can do a new thing that I normally couldn't have done before so i like how they do these repeat scenarios with sort of subverting what you had to do before and when they do so they they reuse the environment in unexpected ways and i think the difference actually between the, the volcano and the forest and their environmental upheavals is that i feel like this one is much is much more tuned in the sense of they deliberately put these physical structures in place as opposed, you know, whereas filling the environment with water is really, how do I say it? Like, well, it's not tuned. I mean, it's like the opposite of a tune. It's just like, here's all this water. And I kind of suspect that they didn't slash couldn't tune the forest around the water so easily. Um, whereas at least in this case, you know, with the volcano, it's, it's very evident 
the measures that were put in place to reconfigure the environment for a different set of challenges. Uh, that's the thing Greg can't talk. I was going to say. Alright, so once you get your bombs, then you're you're able to go back, blow up the, the bombable rock that's blocking your way into the volcano summit, reclaim your sword, uh, and then reclaim the, the rest of your items in there, and go to the uh, fire dragon. So some thoughts to wrap up before we all head out for tonight, uh, to continue later. The Elden Volcano, uh, to my surprise, features the most changes with each visit. From going it up the first time, to how much they reconfigured it, the enemy positions for the second trip up when you're carrying the bucket of water, to this time where they uh, fence it off in such a way, take away all your items, put them in new positions, and have a new way for you to go up the mountain yeah, and also the fact that your that your regular items are involved and you use them in different ways. There's more to that, I guess, than swimming, which is another way of moving through the environment. But uh, yeah, it's just the, the two examples of differentiation are quite unique. And so, and I can't even remember the uh, Lanarud deserts uh, changes very much so it'll be interesting looking at that next time to see yeah. what kind of balance that strikes between the two mm -hmm. but I think it leans more towards uh, um, Elden Volcano's approach. Elden Volcano also features the fewest new areas when you make your visits so you know Farron Woods you have you know, the Farron Woods the first time, then the Deep Woods. Second time you have, you know, your Farron Woods Silent Realm, but then you have the inside of the Great Tree, and then, then Lake Floria, as well as revisiting the the, uh, the first dungeon. But with Elden Volcano, you only have the Volcano Summit after the Silent Realm. And the third time, it's like there's nothing else. You've already seen all the new areas. Isn't there some, there's like one room where you see the dragon? Yeah, it's just that, that one room because the first time you go into the Volcano Summit, there's just this area you can't get across. But after you do this, then the lava platforms that you need to make it across are there now. It's it's a change that's purely brought upon because the game needed you to be able to get there. Uh, not because of any new item you have or anything like that. And the and of course, the Lanayru yeah. Desert features like the most new things each time you come, which is probably why Daniel can't remember can't remember how much it changes like that's because you're you're straight up going into a new area every single time you go there right oh i mean i meant more in terms of the uh... oh yeah yeah you're right yeah yeah that makes sense second yeah. time you have the that sansi and then the third time you have the laneru gorge so it's like mm. yeah you don't spend much time in the actual laneru desert hub uh <laughs> with each visit <laughs> minus the silent realm that's probably because you spend so much time just trying to move through that bloody environment with the sand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Such a pain. <laughs> um, I'm, uh, I'm going to head off now, so I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll see you guys uh, uh, sometime later. Bye.
So normally this is where the podcast would end, but Greg and I kept talking quite a bit after Daniel left, and some of it was too good to cut up. So enjoy the rest of this. One of the things I want to note in my conclusion is, notice how few times I said with, you know, the entirety of the Farron Woods and the entirety of the Elden Volcano, you using either the whip or the gust bellows. Actually, in the Farron Woods, uh, there's the the rope swing. Uh, I mean, the inside of the Farron Woods, there's that part where you're on the platforms and you have to use the gust bellows to swing yourself. There's that yeah. part. That was a cool part. But uh, it's also... it's it's. It's so infrequent, I'm <laughs> finding. For me, like, I remembered never ever using it, so just the fact that there's, like, one or two other uses for it, I was amazed. Yeah. But what I also wanted to bring attention to, that I would have brought attention to had it not been for, uh, that Daniel needed to, to leave, was that they had to, like, put in hot coals that were not originally there just to make the gust billows useful once or twice so that you can take them all out of the way and uh, go into the holes or whatever. Shame that they didn't um, get more mileage out of the digging, like with the scorpion boss. Yeah. So what I what I was beginning to notice is that what is the gust billows used for? Well, it's used for those little piles of sand. It's used for hot coals. It's used for the fans, the little propellers and on the moving platforms, but that's only in the past, so it's only in like the, the futurist sections of the Lamiru Desert. And it's used for uh, the more volumetric kind of sand. I don't know why I just said volumetric. I feel like that's the word you're supposed to use, because that's how programmers call it. The one that you see in the, the Moldorak boss fight. That sand is not present very often. I think it's because uh, maybe technical reasons, but it's in very specific rooms where that can be controlled properly and not glitch yeah. out or do anything weird. Makes sense. Yeah, but otherwise, like, there's so little use outside of the region it was originally obtained in. Same with the the whip. However, I think is actually even worse. Because there's one one very crucial thing about the whip that I didn't get to bring up in the stealth section. I think this is the only time I've ever seen a Zelda game where a whip, which is specifically... And even in Skyward Sword itself, you take something off of an enemy, like hanging on their belt, because you do it for one of the Bokoblins and a key they have, right? Well, the Bokoblins use their horns to alert the ones that catapult a boulder into you when they spot you. You cannot whip off those horns. It is the only time I think they've done a, a special case like that where he's like, oh, I'm, I'm playing Zelda. Oh, I can whip things off of enemies. I'm going to use it to steal his horn so they can't alert the guards or alert the, the catapulters. Nope. Doesn't work. Even thought about that. <laughs> yeah. And the whole, like, oh, I use the use the whip to lift up people. Like, what, what can the whip do? It's for the lily pants, the undersides of them. Or the, the top sides of them, because once you flip them under, you can't interact with them anymore. There's the levers or switches. Yeah, very specific levers and bumps. Uh, picking up things like uh, skulls and all that, which is kind of cool. But surprised at how they didn't actually use that. 
Uh, you can grapple too. The yeah. like like the Wind Waker style. Mm-hmm. Yeah, swinging across uh, Indiana Jones style. They do that in the Linear Gorge, so it's not totally forgotten, but I still think it, it features the least use in the overworld sections. Because yeah. e- even the Gus Bellows see- sees use by virtue of there being piles of sand that you can uh, just blow out and find whatever's in them. And it's like, okay, it's, if, if there was any other way to make them used more, you would have to put in those specific level elements that allow you to travel that you can't do with other items, which means you'd have probably more of those fan platforms. Uh, but because of the way they set it up so that those are only in the past, you can't really can't really do that in Lanayru Desert. Although, if I was just to say, screw that, it's like, I really wish they were, because that would have been cool. A cool way to get across a desert using those platforms with the gust bellows. Or um, swinging around in the Farron Woods with the whip is like, oh, it's a tree branch. Swing across. Woo. Yeah, I really feel like there should have been more of the swinging. Yeah. Or even the Elden Volcano, because the Elden Volcano still has trees. <laughs> Sweet cross. Yeah. Uh, yeah, those those are some of the conclusions I was hoping to get to. And I'm saying them now, just in case I don't forget. Or just so that I have another person that knows, in case I forget. But A yeah. little the they use those two weapons. Yeah, there's, because, there's a, because even though the overall sections are more dungeon-y this, this time around... The, that means they use challenges that involve the items. Well, we saw with the Elden Volcanoes, like, hey, we they used the bombs quite a bit. And what we would have seen with the Lane Desert, it's like, hey, they used the beetle, especially with the hook upgrade, the hook to beetle. They use that one quite a bit, because you use it to fly, pick up bomb flowers, and blow shit up. They, you see use of, well, the, the bow, by default, always sees use just, for, just on the basis of fighting things, so... And same with the slingshot, so those were never um, in doubt. But you see how much use you get out of the, the bombs and beetle and just the combination of the two. But not quite as much the uh, the gust bells and the whip. And I think those are your other two like major items. Wait, there's eight. What are the other ones? It's the bug net, which is optional. And the claw shot. Yeah, yeah, claw shot also features a lot of use because um, the P-hats... In the also in the Elden Volcano that you can use to travel across, and j- every patch of vine grass of which they have of some sort in all three of them, even the Lanayru Desert, you used to climb, and all those hookshot spots which I made note of, um, in the in my in my notes for like, hey, look at all the spots you can hook onto in order to travel across this place, even even easier to try to make it easier to travel across this place so that you're not always looking for like slopes to run up on top of those um, walls that uh, are, are littered throughout it kind of like spider web out of the the temple in the middle the most use different perspective on space where the beetle but through space or the slingshot and arrow let you look at space in first person whip and gust bellows really grant you any of that so now and the beetle is also just useful by itself just for looking around in addition to the fact that there were challenges specifically made for it when you go through the Lanayru Desert with the enemies uh, Lanayru Desert actually has quite a big change but you know we'll get that get to that next time mm-hmm.